Hey y'all, it's your girl Samanji and welcome to the Avocado and Honey podcast where we are becoming the best version of ourselves through self-accountability and vulnerability. Go ahead and drink your water. Now let's grow together. If you haven't already, please be sure to check out the previous podcast episode. I shared why I feel the need to basically not rush all these journeys that I'm on. Um, I also um, shared how I want to be mindful, especially when it comes to dating. Like, I don't want to enter something thinking that this man's a whore. (laughs) Just kidding, but I'm not. (laughs) For today's episode, I'm going to go ahead and give y'all the tarot energy for the next two weeks. I'm also going to share my experience with getting hit by a car. I got hit by a car like a week ago, as well as share my thoughts on Love is Blind since I finally finished um, the second season. So let's go ahead and get into the tarot energy. As always, I went ahead and pulled two cards before hitting record. And like I said in the previous episode, I'm only going to read one full definition and then a paragraph or two of the next card. So if any of it resonates with you, feel free to um, look up more details on the card via Biddy Tarot or, you know, Google. Um, So the two cards that I pulled was the Nine of Swords Upright and the Knight of Cups in Reverse. So I'm going to go ahead and read the Nine of Swords upright definition. The Nine of Swords suggests that dark thoughts and disturbing feelings are weighing you down and keeping you up at night. You are worrying excessively about a situation and your negative thoughts are getting the better of you, leaving you stressed and anxious. The more you associate with your fears, the more they will rule your life. As you obsess over what's not working, the more anxious you become and the more you will worry. It becomes a negative cycle where one awful thought leads to another and another and another until they overwhelm you. Just as the nine of swords are stacked upon each other on the wall, so too are your negative thoughts. Be careful because the fear and worry in the nine of swords can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. As you obsess over what may go wrong, you are more likely to manifest your worst case scenario because you are inadvertently acting in ways that support your negative thoughts. For example, you may worry that your partner will cheat on you even though you found no signs of infidelity. The more you stress about this potential outcome, the more your anxiety pushes your partner away until one day they feel so disconnected from you that they start a new relationship with someone else. When you are repeating negative thoughts in your mind, you run the risk of manifesting them in your life. So the nine of swords asks you to break the cycle. Every time a negative emotion comes up, replace it with the positive one instead. The nine of swords reminds you that much of the fear and worry you are experiencing is in your head and not necessarily an accurate reflection of what is happening around you. You may make things worse for yourself by overthinking or obsessing over the worst case scenarios. It is time to examine your your situation from a new perspective. Instead of looking for evidence of what is wrong, of what is going wrong, put your attention on what is going right. Take a deep breath and realize that life is not as dreadful as it seems and that the more you worry, the more harm you are doing to yourself. The Nine of Swords often crops up when worry, despair, and anxiety are quite literally keeping you up at night. You may not be sleeping well or you are experiencing frequent nightmares. Your constant thoughts are preventing you from resting. When the Nine of Swords appear in a reading, it is time to reach out for help. You don't need to do this alone. Enlist the support of others to help you get through this dark period of your life. 
Others will help you to see the light at the end of the tunnel and lead you towards a solution of or a sense of peace despite your troubles. You are struggling to look at your situation clearly as you are plagued by negative thoughts. So having an objective third party perspective will help you find your way out. So this don't currently uh, resonate with your girl, but if it resonates with you, I'm definitely sending all my love. Um, so you can find the positive in whatever it is that you may be experiencing. But it's really interesting that this is the card that I pulled considering the previous podcast episode. Most of the spiel I gave was on how I'm working on focusing on the positive because there is beauty in everything, even if it's just a lesson. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's really interesting. So let's go ahead and read a paragraph or two of the Knight of Cups in reverse. When the reverse Knight of Cups appears in a tale reading, a creative project is emerging, but you are not ready to act on it just yet. You may spend most of your time dreaming of what is possible of how wonderful or how wonderful it will be when it comes to fruition. While it can be enriching to be in the dreamy ideas phase for a while, the plan will not come into being until you take action. You may need to ground your ideas into reality, figure out how much it will cost, how much time it will take, what resources you will need, and so on. This will give your project more weight so you can move forward with implementing your idea. So I'm wondering if like, you know, some people will resonate with the Knight of Cups in reverse and then some with the Nine of Swords, or if they're both like, you know, related in the sense where all these negative thoughts and focusing on the worst case scenario is coming from trying to create something or bring something to life. Like one of the things that I forgot to mention in the previous podcast in terms of focusing on the positive and the most pleasant outcome is like having faith and how important that is because you have to have faith to keep going. Faith that everything will be all right. Faith that you will be all right. Faith that the world will be all right. And you can't worry about things and have faith at the same time. It just, you just can't, you have to choose. You can either worry and, you know, stay in the space of, you know, feeling or getting those negative thoughts and being in a negative space, or you can try to find the positive or whatever you may be experiencing and have faith that you will be all right because you indeed will be all right. So yeah, that's the energy for the next two weeks. Um, let's go ahead and get into this car situation because like I honestly still can't believe I got hit by a fucking car like who gets hit by a car like what like I that shit was crazy um <laughs> so I was literally walking across the street like literally at the corner there was no lights or anything so I was just crossing the street it was like a residential type neighborhood it was like a back street so it wasn't like a main street and it's crazy because I'm like walking across the street and this car is making a left turn. And she told me later on that she was trying to beat the other car that was going. And I guess she just didn't see me. How? I don't know, because I I tend to wear dark colors like I love wearing all black. But on this particular day, I was actually pretty bright. I had on these like tie dye ass sweats and like a light gray like sweater because it was a little nippy. Yeah. So I was just like, what? Out of all days when I'm like out here at the light bright is the day that you don't see me. But I'm crossing the street and I see this car coming towards me and I'm just in my mind like, you know, I'm doing the look because, you know, when you if you ever are a pedestrian and you're out here walking, um, you know, when you cross the street and you see a car that's, you know, trying to turn, but they have to wait for you to cross. And like, you know how you give them that look like I wish you would hit me type shit. And like, that's kind of like <laughs> what I was doing. Like, I know this chick ain't about to hit me. And then I was like, oh, shit, like this car's about to fucking hit me. And 
I was telling my friend, like, as soon as it happened, I like, hit my friend up because I was like, I need to tell somebody about this. Like, I just, I, I can't believe it. Like, at first, I didn't really want to talk about it, honestly. Like, it was just something that, like, I didn't treat it as serious as it was because I didn't realize how it much it, like, affected me, the situation, because I was okay in the end. Um, like, I didn't even have a bruise. Like, the next day, I was, like, you know, waiting to see if a bruise or something was going to come in, and it didn't. Like, I was legit good. I was sore definitely um the next day I probably like for the next two days but again it wasn't it wasn't that bad and I was already kind of sore because I've been on my fitness tip I've been doing t25 but yeah and I was telling my friend though like when it happened I was like yo it's like something came over me like I turned into a fucking ninja and she was like girl you got you went into survival mode and your body reacted accordingly and I'm like I I think that's right because when I tell you like that car like if I didn't react the way I did I probably would have flipped on top of sis car like rolled on top type shit but like once I realized that this car was not about to stop in time I did like this like this interesting like hop skip jump thing and like you know kind of just like jumped on the edge of her car because I ran enough to not be like in the middle um, as I was when the car was like about to hit me I ran the little little hop skip thing and got away for like as far as way uh, far away from the car as I possibly could at the time and then after it happened you know my first emotion was anger like I was ready to fight like (laughs) this bitch just hit me with a fucking car um but then I seen the woman behind it um super apologetic older black woman and honestly like after it happened like I didn't feel like you know I was okay so I didn't feel like it was necessary to stop and do all that so I was about to keep walking but then you know sis was like hey like you want my number like let's exchange let me give you my information just in case something happens tomorrow like you might feel fine feel like you're fine right now but later on something could be wrong and you know if something's wrong then I want I just want to make sure you're good like she was really sweet like she actually <laughs> called me today still like she keeps calling to check in on me which I appreciate like you know I, I love that um, that she cares so much because she definitely could have just kept going which a lot of people tend to do especially out here in fucking Texas so yeah so she pulls over and I walk back to the car you know I'm talking to her we trying to figure out how the fuck this even happened and then you know she gave me her information take a picture of everything she even calls her friend up for backup to know that you know she ain't trying to finesse or like trying to play me or whatever and I got her friend's information too like they're very thorough which I do appreciate as well and yeah so then like while like towards the end like once her friend came and stuff like I was out there probably for like 30 minutes um 30 45 minutes talking to her and and stuff so once the friend come like I like I was just ready to go and then like tears just started flowing which were understandable like you know the shock is wearing off and I'm just like still shook but then it's just like now the emotions the other emotions are coming in besides you know anger and shit (laughs) so after that like you know it was funny though because she was like you want me to give you a ride home and you know I kept the cute I was like no thank you but in my mind I'm like girl I'm not about to get in the fucking car with you like you literally just fucking hit me like (laughs) I do not trust your judging your uh, driving sis like I'm that's not happening So I finally made it back home and, you know, I was telling my friend and stuff like I was just like, yo, like this really fucked up my mood because I was like vibing. I I had like my women rap playlists on and I was just, you know, just mobbing like, you know, going on my daily walk. It was a beautiful fucking day. Like the sun was out, still a little cold, but the sun was out. So every time like the sun's out during this cold time, I always try to get out whether I'm going for a run or a walk. Like I just want to get some sun in. And these are one of the this was one of those days. So 
you know, I was telling my friend, like, I don't even want to listen to my fucking music anymore. Like, I was just, like, all discombobulated. And I was just like, I just want to sit in silence, which I actually low-key did for most of the, the weekend because this happened on a Friday. And, like, my friend, she was just like, yo, if you hit your head, don't go to sleep. Like, you know, just really being, like, giving me that mothering energy, which I do appreciate. Like, I felt all the love. And shout out to everybody who did reach out after I tweeted it as well. All the reminders and the love, like. I, I just can't thank y'all enough. I do appreciate that. It, it did help because I, I didn't expect um, all the emotions and stuff like the emotional roller coaster that I was on after that experience was not expected because I felt physically OK and stuff like I thought I was good. Like so I made it back. I made it back home. My friend was like, girl, like, you know, this is like my sister She <laughs> at this point, like. She knows me very well. And it's so funny because she was like, oh, can you please like take it easy the rest of the day and like literally don't do nothing. Like don't even cook, like order some fucking food and just chill. When she was texting me, I was already making food in the kitchen. I was making a little salad. Well, it was a big ass salad. And it was funny though, because I was still like trying to get some shit done. Cause it was still fairly early in the day. I think this happened around like two or three. And um, so I still had plans to get like some shit done. So after she told me that, I, I kind of was like, yeah, maybe she actually, I actually listen, and which I did, and I'm glad I did because, like I said, it was a wave of fucking emotions. I don't even know how I would have even gotten something done without like stopping and bursting in tears. And at first, like you know, I thought it was just like the initial just reaction from the um, the accident, but um, I feel like for me in my experience that that accident actually triggered some other shit in me, um, some other emotions in terms of just like life and what I want to do and how short life, it was just like a fucking reminder. Like this shit could be over really quickly. Like you need, you need to start, continue to focus on the fucking positive and not the negatives because you just don't have the fucking time for it. But one thing that did help with me managing the emotions was the research that I did, because one thing I'm going to do is some fucking research. And I was reading other people's experiences um, with getting hit by a car, whether it was like, you know, a bad situation or, you know, something that wasn't as bad like mine. And they all had the same um, experience af after the fact, like they all were on a wave um, of emotions for a minute. So that was really like the unexpected part and the, the part that threw me full loop. I'm proud of myself for definitely giving myself the space to feel whatever it was, like for whatever the fuck reason. Like I was just like, girl, you just got hit by a fucking car. Like feel what the fuck you need to feel. And I did. And I'm really proud of myself. And it, it felt really good to you to release the, the tears and the emotions for whatever reason, because I honestly think it was something a lot deeper. I haven't like fully figured out what yet kind of. <laughs> but I do feel like it was something a lot deeper in terms of just me and my life. And who knows, maybe um, the driver needed a, a wake up call in terms of her fucking driving, because what the fuck? Like, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me, but I get definitely, you know, empathize. I had a friend <laughs> back in New York. Shout out to Brooke. She was actually on a podcast a while ago. So if you've been listening to Avocado and Honey since the, the before times, um, yeah, you'll you'll know who she is. The episode's not available anymore, but she was definitely on it but one of the things she told me that I just never forgot was that I was like I was too understanding and I feel like I'm starting to get what she was what she meant by that because at first I was like what how can you be too understanding but um for this particular situation like you know I don't feel the need to like go to court and do all that that shit if I was actually hurt you know I uh, obviously I would definitely do something because who gonna pay for these fucking bills like you did it you pay for it 
But since I was okay, like, I honestly didn't feel the need to do all that. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's a tough time for all of us. And ain't no telling what she was going through as well. Um, and, you know, I feel like we both got a lesson out of it or got some type of important experience out of it. And, you know, she was going above and beyond to definitely just check on me. So I knew that she, like, actually cared <laughs> about my health and, like, what happened to me considering, you know, what she did. So I, I felt like that was kind of enough. But, again, if I was actually, like, hurt, I would, you know, go to the hospital and do all that stuff. Um, people were definitely was like, make sure you do this, make sure you do that. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like uh, one thing that kind of influenced this decision as well was a, a past experience. It's kind of me just like, you know, what is they paying forward? paying for it like I don't know what I'm paying for but I'm paying for something and because I remember when I was 19 that's when I first uh, finally got my fucking license like shout out to everybody at Superior my grandma and everyone uh, for letting me drive their car to get their license um and I remember when I first got my car as well I was 19 and I was driving down Imperial heading towards Fig and I ended up hitting someone at the light because it's like a hill and I guess I was going too fast and then I definitely hit the brakes, but it wasn't, I didn't hit the brakes soon enough to not hit anyone. So I hit the car in front of me. It was not bad at all, like not at all, but I was just like, fuck, my insurance about to go up. That's like the first thing I thought. Um, but then like the light turned green because it was a red light. And then the woman that I hit in front of me, she literally like parked. And of course I follow Sue and I kind of just sat in the car until she like, I was waiting for her to come to me. Cause I'm just like, not really sure how to do this. So sis got out her car. She went to the back. She looked at the back, seen that there was no damage and she just got in the car and drove off. And I was just like, you've been touched by an angel girl. So I always think about that because that was kind as fuck because she could have done something because I, I technically hit her car. And, you know, something could have happened. Like, she could have, you know, reached out to her insurance or whatever. But I think we both just didn't feel like doing that. And also, there was no damage. There, like, there literally wasn't even a scratch. Like, it was like a doop. <laughs> so, you know, with her, you know, being so generous <laughs> with me, like, I thought about her when this situation happened. And I'm just like, you know, I'm okay. Like, I'm okay. I'm good. She's good. I mean, she probably was a little, you know going through the motions and stuff as well because she hit someone like we both was like really shook um granted I should be a little bit more shook since I was the one that's hit but so that's that <laughs> I feel like we might end up becoming friends or something the way she be calling me like we be on the phone talking about some other shit like she told me she just got back from the dentist and stuff oh man it's interesting but um yeah so that's that fucking car experience like what the fuck like and you know and I thought it was I kind of like chuckled a little bit like you know a couple days afterwards once I was getting back to me um because of the podcast episode because I put that podcast episode episode out on Wednesday talking about finding the beauty and everything and all that shit and then two days later I get hit by a car <laughs> but it was honestly like very easy to find the positive in it because I'm fucking alive and the fact that literally there was no damage like I, I still couldn't believe it. I, I was expecting to be bruised up on like my left side, but I was good. And I can't be more grateful than that. Like I'm still here. I'm still here. So now that the car story is out of the way, let's go ahead and get into um, Love is Blind. Um, because that's actually one of the shows that I binge after that, that accident. I just, I made some food and I just, I binged Love is Blind. And um, this season was so raggedy like compared to the first season. Like I was definitely ex um, expecting another um, Lauren and Cameron um, love saga, but 
that was definitely not the case. I'm just like, what the fuck is happening this time around? So I'm going to go ahead and share my thoughts on all the couples and shit. One thing I do appreciate about this season, though, is how diverse it was. Like, I, I was like, this is how you do it. Like, diverse this shit up. Get all these people on here, all these different types of people, because you just never know. So I thought that was really dope. But the one question I do have that was like confusing for me <laughs> for Love is Blind is like when certain couples, for example, Ayana and Jared, like when they got engaged and stuff and he went back to tell their family, like Jared was like, oh, like my dad didn't know. He don't know anything or whatever. But I'm just like, how they how do they not know when it's like a full ass camera crew here? Like, what did you tell them? Like, what is happening? And they don't really seem too surprised all the time. They probably overreact and give us a show. But I feel like they know. Like, how do you not tell them that you did this? But there's a whole camera crew here. Like, I, <laughs> what you mean? You didn't tell them there's a camera right here. And they smiling in the camera. What? But yeah, that's my only little question that I have about Love is Blind. Because what what is that about? So let's start with Danielle and Nick. Now, Nick, honestly, is one of my favorite men on the show just because I love the way he communicates. I love how patient he was with Danielle because you need a lot of patience to live with her. I was just like, yo, she was so frustrated. Anytime like they have a good moment, she just gets so fucking insecure and ruins it and start up an argument over nothing because I would have been out, honestly. Like I that shit was frustrating just watching. So shout out to him for his patience and again his great communication. And when with Danielle like, like I said before, it's obvious she's hella insecure. And she did share on the um, on the show that, you know, she lost 80 pounds, I believe she said. So she had like a little a weight loss story or journey. And I'm not sure how long ago she lost the weight, but it's like it's understandable. Like, you know, <laughs> the space that she's in, because if she had like extremely low self-esteem before she lost the weight, you're not going to just uh, magically get self-esteem and be secure just because you lost weight. Like that's some shit that you got to mentally work through and learn to appreciate yourself. And one of the things that was frustrating with her was that like anytime like um, Nick will compliment her or like say how he loves her or something, she's just so surprised. Like she's like, I feel like she's like, why are you still here? Like, why are you still dealing with me? It's like she's self-sabotaging shit because she probably feel like she don't deserve it. So that was really frustrating because you don't want everybody to feel like they deserve whatever. Like, you know, because you do. <laughs> you deserve whatever it is that you fucking want at the end of the day. That's how I feel. So that was really frustrating. But if she do end up working through this, I feel like Nick will definitely be the perfect partner to help her work through it because, one, he is hella understanding and patient. And I feel like that is definitely enough to help her through it if they were to get through it together. I feel like they're going to have to in order to <laughs> have this marriage survive. But definitely do wish them the best. And I'm honestly surprised that they did get married. I thought Nick would say no, but I definitely do wish them the best. So now let's get into Deep D and Shake. Uh, deep, Deep, Deep D. Um, she was honestly my favorite woman on the show. And this was before I seen the season finale. Like, I'm not just saying it because, you know, she did what she had to do on the um, the wedding day. But um, it's because, like, I don't know. I just vibe with her. And on the, once I did see the finale, I was like, I knew it was the reason why I fucked with you. Besides the whole only dating white men thing, like, that part I didn't really like. But, you know, she date whoever she want, I guess. But I, I fucked with her um, the most out of all the women there. And then Shake. <laughs> 
Shake, I feel like he needs a podcast. <laughs> He's one of those dudes, those quote unquote alpha males who needs a podcast or not needs, but who ends up creating a podcast because because they feel like they have a lot to say about like women and shit. But one thing I did like about Shake was I feel like he was like kind of self-reflecting throughout this process. Because, you know, with him and Deepthi both being Indian and then both only dating white people, I feel like he kind of started self-reflecting. And he did mention when he was like hanging out with a friend how he felt like maybe he was trying to fit in with the whole only dating white people. Because, you know, you come to America, this this white man's land, I guess. <laughs> and like, you know, you try to keep up with the Joneses type shit. So I, I do get that. And shout out to him for, you know, figuring that out and seeing that um, within his actions and shit. But um he was fucking annoying and <laughs> like I'm like yo if you tell another person that you don't find deep D as fucking attractive like I'm gonna we, we gonna have a problem because obviously she's not and it was super confusing because he was all up on her body and everything when they first met and then now all of a sudden like you feel like she's an auntie now I feel like that's some more shit that he's gonna have to unpack because I don't understand how dating someone the same race as you automatically like make you feel like it's incest like I feel like there's something there that you need to that he needs to unpack but I do like Shake's mom as well like I love how he gave it to him straight um in terms of Deep D like you know she was like she deserved the best and if you don't think you can give that to her and you're not sure of her then you need to step you know she didn't say those words exactly but that's what she said that's what I got from what she said and I love that like yes tell the teach these devils like tell, tell them tell your son like, get your son get your son <laughs> But not for nothing, I feel like Shake's mom told Deepthi something. I feel like someone told Deepthi something unless they were able to view like some of the things that they shot before the wedding. Because I feel like she low-key did like a whole 180. Because unless she was just, you know, silently observing everything and just unpacking her own feelings and stuff um, in regards to the, the marriage or potential marriage with Shake. Because, you know, she was like low-key lovey-dovey all up until um the the wedding day and then she was like you know he don't deserve me type shit and I'm she's right you know I'm definitely not denying that but I'm wondering what happened in between I feel like someone told her some shit because what like I mean I shout out to her and one of the things that I do appreciate that she said when her mom was like you know checking on her after she said no and she was just like you know I'm good like I chose myself I'm happy and I love that like the girls needed to see that like when in doubt, choose you, like, not even when in doubt, like, always choose fucking you, like, what, you deserve the best, like I said, so shout out to Deepthi for that, like, I, uh, man, when I tell you I was up in here cheering, like, when she said that, I'm like, I know that's fucking right, because he disrespected her, like, crazy, like, how you keep telling people you're not attracted and shit, like, what? So now let's get into Natalie and Shane. <laughs> now Shane, Shane was a lot. He was uh, he was definitely annoying. Someone like I probably wouldn't hang around. But I did go to um, a really wide school. So he definitely reminded me of a lot of frat guys. Um, like I feel like, you know, if you watch Drewski online, like you know how he like portrays like the frat guy type. <laughs> he has like a character. Like I feel like he's a Drewski character. <laughs> and with Natalie, like honestly, at first I was like, uh, but then I was like, you know, maybe it could work with them because of they reminded me of like Amber and Barnett from um, season one. Because, like, you know, they both a little bit crazy, but, like, they work together. They just work out well. <laughs> so I thought this was another case. At first I was like, I, 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 how <laughs> did you guys, what, what y'all talk about up in them pods? 
But re- before I get into Natalie, though, like, did y'all see how Natalie Moms was looking at fucking Shane Mom at the wedding? Like, Natalie Mom looked like she was about to give Shane Mom a, um, Shane Mom a two piece. Like, I was like, <laughs> she all right? She probably heard what Shane um, said to Natalie before, like during the argument that they didn't show on the on the show, because <laughs> her mom looked like she was ready to fight. But Natalie, she grew on me. At first, I wasn't a big fan of her. Um, mainly just because of her sense of humor I didn't really vibe with it um because she's she was at least what was portrayed on the show she seemed like the type to just you know take like insults and try to make it fun like you know clowning around and you know roasting every now and again is cool but it's like if you can't ever come up with a compliment or show your partner some love like I think that's the problem and it, it was one point in the in the season where Shane like literally asked her for a compliment like he was practically begging her to show him some love because you know she was always jokingly just like playing him and just make it seem like he like she wasn't into him and I feel like what was happening there of course you know all this is my opinions and shit like you know it's nothing nothing is factual like (laughs) but with Natalie I feel like she did what a lot of men tend to do when they date women who they feel are you know quote unquote out of their league because like you know what men do when they date a woman and they fucking feeling insecure about themselves they tend to like you know try to humble um the woman by like not really paying her any compliments and just downplaying everything like you know she could get fly as fuck and they'll be like you look I like what's wrong with your hair like try to find something negative about it and they try to make it come off as a joke or whatever but you know deep down is just them projecting their insecurities and shit because they probably feel that like you know with you being so beautiful and and you attract so many people that you're going to find someone better and leave them and I feel like that kind of was the same thing with this Natalie situation because she was dogging his ass out yo like I don't care like if you are in a relationship with someone and the only way they show their love is by talking shit about you like that gonna fucking that's gonna affect you eventually like you know whether it be internal and you become insecure like them or you end up spazzing out like fucking Shane did because, you know, you can only take so much. So I do understand his frustration, but of course I'm not condoning how he expressed it. I mean, I don't know, but it had to be that bad for Natalie to say no because she said she was ready to say yeah, but then after that argument, she decided to say no. I think he they said something because when they were um, talking after the end of the wedding. Oh, and also with Deep D and Shake, I noticed that they were the only couple who didn't have a conversation after the wedding. Like Deep D was, or not Deep D, but Shake was so like trying to pretend like shit was cool and shit. Like they didn't even have a conversation. That's another reason why I feel like somebody told Deep D something because everybody else was cordial and shit, even the ones that said no after the wedding. But with Natalie and um, Shane, after she said no, you know, they had like a short conversation um, outside, you know, by themselves to talk about like what happened and stuff. And she was like, yo, you said you hated me and stuff. And like, not for nothing though, too, like uh, the way Shane reacted when Natalie said no shows just how immature he really is. And then the fact that he like yelled, I hate you during an argument, like that's really some childish, some childish shit. So um, shout out to Natalie for trusting her gut in the moment on the day of the wedding. And, you know, saying no. One of the things I like that she said was like, you know, that she loved him, but love can only go so far. And I feel like that was important to say because you it's, you know, you're it's perfectly fine to love someone or have love for someone and not be in a relationship with them. Like if you two aren't going to work out, it's not good for your mental health or your fucking self-esteem or whatever then it's okay to step away and choose yourself like deep deep. (laughs) so let's get into sal and mal 
Sal was another uh, favorite in terms of the men um, for similar reasons to Nick. Like I appreciate how he communicated and I love how he was really in tune with his emotions. Like I really love that. Like, you know, I just, I, I love that a lot. Like, I'm not sure what that whole situation with his ex coming back over. She probably didn't want to let Sass go because Sal seems like a stand-up dude. But Mallory, on the other hand, um, she was gaslighting the fuck out of uh, Sal with that whole rings conversation that they had when Sal was, like, you know, asking questions about what the fuck was going on with her and Jared. And then she turned it around and made it about him not knowing about the ring or whatever the fuck. I was just like, whoa girl <laughs> how'd you do that but um it was interesting too with her with um when they both met when mal and sal or uh, salary when sal and mallory met for the first time and you know she was taken aback by how he looked not saying he's ugly or anything but she said that he just wasn't what she expected which was interesting because i feel i mean granted i watched the show so i seen sal as soon as you know he spoke but i feel like if i were to have a conversation with him without seeing him and like with his tone and with the way that he speaks, I feel like I would get a general idea of how he looks and it would be very close to <laughs> what he looked like. So that was really interesting. And I'm really proud of Sal for saying no and for trusting himself. Like I thought that was really admirable with him even waiting until the altar to figure out the decision and just to truly sit with himself and see how he feels and what will be the best, his best interest or the best interest for both of them in the end. Yeah, so shout out to Sal for, you know, trusting himself. And I really love how they were able to even have a conversation afterwards. Like, I feel like even if they don't, like, you know, get back together romantically in the future, that they will definitely be really good friends. Like, they are, they seem pretty mature to just be cool with each other, you know? And I feel like Mallory probably would have said no, too. Like, she didn't seem into him like that, honestly. Like, she probably loved the serenades, but outside of that, like, she didn't really seem too into him her and Jared should have fucking got together honestly I wonder how that would have played out that probably would have been another another Cameron and Lauren honestly because the way they were balling when <laughs> she said no like she said no and they were balling like <laughs> let's go ahead and get into Jared and Ayana so Ayana you know she's cute sweet girl um I love how she was super vulnerable as well and how she like, you know, kind of I don't know if she like necessarily talked about her abandonment issues, but the fact that she even shared all that, I mean, it. I feel like she would have abandonment issues. And that's definitely something I could relate to. And that's the kind of thing that kind of, I guess, made me have a little bit of concern for the relationship with her and Jared, because, you know, I feel like, you know, she wants to feel the love that she gives to everyone else. Like she wants to feel that love, that comfort um, that someone's going to be there and stuff. And she even said it like, you know, she never had someone treat her the way Jared treated her. And that kind of fueled the reason or fueled her decision um, to marry him and stuff. But I feel like she was definitely neglecting her feels because there were a lot of times like there were times where she would like question Jared because one of the things she kept saying on the show was how actions basically speak louder than words. And like you can talk all day, but I, I'm going to need that action to match Jared and Jared. I haven't seen on the show, you know, maybe off the off cameras, but I, I, you know, I don't think he showed that. And I feel like, you know, she just kind of probably created excuses for him because she loved, I guess, whatever she was getting from him. And with Jared, Jared was madly in love with Miles. So that that's really concerning. And the thing that kind of made me chuckle every time with this kid was 
he kept saying how God led him to choose Ayana, but it was just like, you didn't even choose her. Like you chose Mallory. She said, no, you bawled your fucking eyes out, went back to the rooms with all the other dudes. And then someone told you to just choose Ayana because she's going to say yes. Like, and then you went back and said, God told me to choose you. <laughs> like what? So that, that I was just like going somewhere. And that's, I'm going to get into that a little bit later, but and another thing too that kind of was just like for me a red flag was like you know how he was saying how he liked the love that Ayana gives so it kind of this is again my opinion they probably have the potential to work out I do I hope everybody work out I hope everybody fall in love and be in love like that's the goal so that's just the disclaimer <laughs> but with Jared though I feel like Ayana is filling a void in this moment like you know and another thing that <laughs> bothered me about Jared was um how I mean on the wedding day he definitely was more descriptive of Ayana but before that day every time someone asked him like what did he like about her he just kept saying she was resilient and that was really frustrating to me uh, you know especially being a black woman because you know the whole strong independent black woman thing like with him saying that because she shared some of the the shit that she'd been through I feel like he feels like she can handle anything like you know and like if they were to like end things or if it don't work out in the future she'll be okay because she's so resilient and that's like a, a notion that I want to fucking bury forever because no that's not the case we are fucking human like everyone else and it's like you know when people say like you're so strong and resilient it's like yo we literally don't have a fucking choice especially with some of the shit we experience it's either you know deal with this shit or die like literally that's what it, it be like you know we could either deal with this or literally fucking die so it's like that's not necessarily a compliment for me like no like tell me something else like I out of all the people out of all the couples on this season of love is blind I feel like they didn't really like get to know each other that that well because he seemed so disconnected I feel like he was still you know uh, on fucking Mal like even when they Mal when all the couples got together for the first time and him and Mal like met for the first time like they spent most of the time together and not with their fiance so it's just a lot with Jared and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna have faith I'm gonna have faith like black men don't be getting a lot of faith so I'm gonna have faith and I hope that you know he develops some type of love and it's a loving relationship and lasts as long as it possibly can um but uh, it was definitely a lot of fucking red flags with Jared but with the whole um religion thing with Jared because okay I I love I watch a lot of these like dating type shows like I've always been a fan of these so love and blind love is blind when it first came out I was on it and um uh, two other shows um that I watch I just started watching um love at first sight because I've seen a lot of people tweeting about it and I watched like the latest season now, I don't think it's the latest season I think it was like season 12 so it's probably the the season before what's on now and I watched most of it the, the first like fucking it's like 18 episodes in one season first off so like the first like eight episodes I kind of like like skimmed through and um Loki only watched the black couples but then after um episode eight I started watching all of them because um it got interesting like it was like very boring in the beginning but it was a couple on there I can't remember the dude's name but he he was scum and we have Paige who's a beautiful dark-skinned black woman this was based in Atlanta so I'm everybody lived in Atlanta but I don't think everybody was from Atlanta yeah I think old boy was from Chicago because he brought her some Harold's chicken so the, the thing that love is blind and married at first sight have in common 
is that they are deciding to get married without seeing their spouse. The difference is, you know, with Love is Blind, they have the pods. So you actually speak with the your potential spouse and get to know them um, versus with Married at First Sight, where you literally are seeing your, your, your person at your wedding. Like, you know, you have no idea what they look like. You don't speak to them. So it was very awkward at first with the couples getting together. But let's get back to Paige and Oboy. So Paige... She walks down the aisle or whatever. And at first, like, I already got a kind of, I feel like, knew the dude's character a little bit. But then, like, she comes down the aisle and the way he reacted, he seemed like, you know, he was, like, in awe of her. Which is understandable. She's beautiful. and But, like, he, the way he reacted was because he wasn't attracted to her face, which he said over and over again, like Shake did um, on Married at First Sight. But he, this dude took it to a whole nother level. Like it was at one point where he was speaking to like the the experts. He was like, y'all couldn't find somebody out of all the black women, out of all the, the white women, out of all the Hispanic women, all the women in Atlanta. Like this is who y'all find. Like really just dogging her shit. But praising her body because she definitely had a body, yaddy, yaddy. But she's beautiful overall, like face and body. But he didn't he didn't um, feel like her face was attractive enough for him. But he loved her body. Like he convinced her to. She, it, it was interesting because she was she was talking so big. She was like, no, we like if he got his test results, like, you know, we might have sex on our wedding night. But I don't know him, blah, 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 blah. But they ended up like doing it. Um, multiple times like within the first night or two and then after that after they fucking had sex he like leaves and go do something and come back and like said he had a panic attack over some shit because he wasn't attracted to her like he wanted to be and that his uh baby not his baby well technically but his ex-fiance who he ended the engagement with three months prior to doing the fucking show is pregnant I think she was like six weeks pregnant so he was having sex with her like a month before he was about to go get married to a stranger so there's that so sis is literally just being like embarrassed well I can't say she's embarrassed like she would have to say that but he is definitely disrespecting her on tv in front of everyone and he's just so manipulative like he's I wouldn't be surprised if he's a Virgo no diss to Virgos though but y'all like y'all y'all be knowing how to do shit like y'all because <laughs> the way he was manipulating her he wasn't getting he wasn't getting over on no one else but her and the thing that made her I guess I feel like overall for Paige it was more the need to just want to feel loved over anything but she kept using her religion as a reason why she was still trying to fucking work it out with them like even the experts was like well why are you here like girl like what and they even have to step in at one point because he just kept disrespecting her even like while she's right there even like while she's sitting right there he'll disrespect her and if someone mentions something about his the mother of his child and say something about her like even questioning if if he's the father he will lose the shit and like stand up for her in a heartbeat so it's obvious his love was somewhere else the only reason why I brought this up is just like how religion can be used to manipulate people to stay in relationships for longer than they should be because they feel like Paige in particular she said something like I feel like God will want it to work out like you know he put us together for a reason and like I feel but it's like no <laughs> what like but this is you know me I feel like no disrespect to anyone who's a Christian as well disclaimer but I feel like you know God will want you to be happy more than anything like you came here to live this life during this lifetime I'm pretty sure God will want you to enjoy it and not be stressed out over some fucking dude who don't even like you who literally 
is his actions is showing over and over again that he doesn't like you nor respect you. So that was really frustrating to see. Now, another show that I would suggest is Seven Year Switch. It's on Lifetime's YouTube, but they have like two and a half seasons up right now. They're um, posting season three every Monday. I looked up season three and it came out in 2018. So the other two seasons probably was like 2015, 16 or something. But with this one is kind of another similar situation in terms of religion. It was two couples. Okay, so for the show, Seven Year Switch, you have two couples who've been married for close to seven years. It could be a little bit more. It could be a little bit less. But they're having problems in their marriage. And they're having problems to the point where they are probably going to get a divorce. So this is kind of like their last chance to work it out. So with this show, they get two couples and then they switch spouses and kind of work through certain like things within their marriage with a different spouse a spouse so it sounds crazy but it's really interesting um so in this season that I'm currently watching we have like Kenya and Charles who are a couple and then we have Angela and I can't even think of her spouse name right now let's say Nate so they switch so now we have Angela and Charles and Nate and Kenya so Kenya is the super religious one and I feel like her marriage was falling apart because Charles he was super religious when they got married but then he grew out of it like I'm I think he still believes in God and stuff but he's just not that church going dude anymore like he don't feel the need to go to church or whatever so I feel like with Kenya with her she's staying in this because of that like you know what I'm saying she don't even like the dude so the reason why I brought this all up is just because it's just really interesting to see how religion is like like people are using religion to get people to stay in relationships a lot longer than they should and people are using religion themselves to stay in relationships that they know that they should not be in but because they think it's the right thing to do because it's in the bible but I'm not even gonna go (laughs) too much deeper in that (laughs) because I don't want to like you know step on nobody's toes or nothing or hurt um or you know offend anyone but I just thought that was something to really just think about you know but yeah I'll go ahead and end the episode there y'all definitely feel free to let me know your thoughts on love is blind um because it's definitely an interesting show like this season was all over the place but I'll probably be tuned in for season three (laughs) um um, before I get into the jam of the week I just want to say you know if you like this episode or any episode of avocado and honey please be sure to like subscribe share this episode with a friend if you're listening on Spotify you can now rate us on Spotify and if you're listening from Apple Music go ahead and leave us a review if you like the you know if you like the podcast (laughs) and also please follow avocado and honey on all social media platforms at avocado and honey if you're interested in my personal social media it's at underscore samangi s-m-a-n-g-i-e-e um if you want to stay up to date with all the fly jewelry and accessories that i make hand make with calorie shells and crystals be sure to follow shell monies on all social media platforms so there's no shell monies I store anymore if you want to support me or get you some shell monies just head over to shell monies on etsy so with all this talk about weddings and stuff i feel like it's only right to play like you know a nice little love vibe type song and i feel like if i were to have a wedding i would play i would this song would need to be played at my wedding and that song is no letting go by wayne wonder so i'm gonna go ahead and play it and i'm gonna talk to y'all in two weeks also wait actually before i go i want to say if the nine of swords resonated with you like please find someone to speak to if you feel like you know you absolutely need someone if you don't feel like you have anyone send your girl dm an email or whatever and i'll definitely i'll chit chat with you because 
you're going to be okay. And you just have to remember who the fuck you are. And sometimes we need those reminders from people, um, from people and sources outside of ourselves. And that's okay. That's okay. It's going to be good. There's beauty in everything. You just have to find the energy and the strength to, to find the positive and the beauty and whatever it is that you're going through. But I'm still sending you all my love. Okay. So I said that now let's go ahead and get into the jam of the week. Again, it's uh, Wayne wonder, no letting go. Talk to y'all later. 